0: I believe in Christ, he is my King, with all my
1: heart to him I'll sing. I'll raise my voice in praise and joy, in grand amens my tongue implore.
2: Scriptures reveal the divine desires of the Lord and our behalf. Each of us should have a burning desire to search the scriptures diligently and daily to seek the will of the Lord in our life.
3: Brothers and sisters, on very thin pages, thick with meaning, are some almost hidden scriptures. Hence we are urged to search, feast, and ponder.
2: If you are lonely, please know you can find comfort. If you are discouraged, please know you can find hope. If you are poor in spirit, please know you can be strengthened. If you feel you are broken, please know you can be mended.
0: Welcome to Go and Do. These days have been very strange as routines have been drastically altered. Confusion, fear, and misinformation abound. It's good to know that we have general conference to help us align with the Lord and feel the comforting blessings of the Spirit. This week we have a bonus episode, one not included in the Come Follow Me curriculum. Since we're celebrating the 200th anniversary of Joseph Smith's first vision and reflecting on the effects that singular event has had on each one of us, we decided to reach out to friends, family, and listeners and have them record their testimonies about the restoration and the Book of Mormon, and by default, the Gospel of Jesus Christ. It is my hope that as we listen to these humble testimonies from people just like you and I, that we will feel the Spirit testify to us of the veracity of their words, that they can serve as witnesses of the loving Heavenly Father who's reached out across space and time to individual people looking for answers, looking for faith, and looking for hope.
4: So when I was about 11 years old, I went on a trip uh with my dad and my older brother and my older sister. And we we flew into Cincinnati, Ohio and then from there we rented a car and we drove uh up to up upstate New York and and we stopped at different places along the way and it was just such a fun trip, you know, to to spend that time with my dad and my brother and my sister, you know, just the four of us. We we just had such a great time. We went to a fun amusement park, Kings Island in in Cincinnati. We went to Niagara Falls and and we stopped at some really, uh, special and fun places. And at, at the end of the trip, um, kind of the concluding part of the trip was we went to Palmyra and, and I don't remember much about that day except for one part of the day. And, And it was the part of the day where we actually went to the sacred grove. And, and what is a vivid memory, um, in my mind is this walk I took uh, from the old Smith family home into the Sacred Grove. It's a pretty short walk on this dirt path. And and as I was walking on that path, I just wasn't actually thinking very much about Joseph Smith or about the first vision. I, being only 11 years old, I, I think I had a testimony of the gospel, but I really didn't I just had never thought deeply about whether or not the church was true and whether or not the, the restoration was, was what it claimed to be. Uh, but as I always remember right when I got into the grove, right as I entered the grove, this feeling came over me that I know came from the spirit. And it was a feeling of, of warmth and a feeling of peace and a feeling of so much light and and i just it left an impression on me that i will never ever forget and i'm so grateful for that experience and and as part of that experience as i walked through that grove on that on that day as an 11-year-old boy is is this thought came to me from the spirit it was a very simple thought and the thought was what happened in this grove of trees will change you for the better but only if you let it and and i've thought about that so much since then that that the restoration of the gospel has this tremendous power to help us to become better people and to help us to obtain our eternal desires and our eternal wishes uh but it can only happen if we allow it to happen and and the way we do that is by living the principles of the gospel and by receiving the the ordinances of the gospel and and I know that as we do that we can we can really receive all the blessings that that the Lord intended us for ha- to have that He that He made possible through the restoration, and and it's just amazing to think that it all happened on that on that day in 1820, and in the early spring of 1820, and 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 it's so neat to to go there. It was so neat for me to go and to actually see the sacred grove. But you don't have to go there to to have the the restoration and the first vision change you uh it's not it's not required that you do that uh, what is required is to read the book of mormon and to read joseph's account of what happened and to and to let those words uh sink into your heart and i know as we do that we'll we'll be incredibly blessed and we'll receive the blessings that the lord has in store for us
1: okay this is going to be very interesting for you because uh we were uh introduced to the church by going to an open house of a temple. And then the missionary, we filled out a little card, of course, that said we were interested in Family Home Evening and the missionaries came to visit us. Well, of course, during our whole um, process, which took a year and a quarter, took about 15 months, um, there were references all of the time to the Book of Mormon. And we were encouraged to read it. I did not like the Book of Mormon. It was driving me crazy because, as I was, as I have said, that I was looking on a certain level, so that I was looking at the wars, I was looking at the cutting off of arms, I was, you know, that kind of thing, which just did not appeal to me at all. So. Before I joined the church, I decided that if I knew that Joseph Smith was a prophet and that he had written the Book of Mormon, that it really wasn't necessary for me to read the Book of Mormon because I would know it was true just because Joseph Smith was a prophet and had written it. So I did, that's how I joined the church. I'd never read the Book of Mormon all the way through. So, I decided to um after I'd been a member for a number of years, I felt uncomfortable about that fact that I had not read the Book of Mormon, and so I prayed to get the desire to read the Book of Mormon and I was called to be a seminary teacher for the Book of Mormon. <laughs> That's an answer. <laughs> And so that that helped me, along with, with finally really beginning to love the Book of Mormon. But I must say that every time I read the Book of Mormon, which has been several times now, I learn new and better things that pertain to my life in particular. And uh, those simple and precious things that we learn are so important to me, and I am so grateful, so grateful that I did take that step, that first step. By the way, I didn't get it right the first time, so I was, I was called to be a, a seminary teacher again <laughs> to teach the Book of Mormon. And now that we are covering this in Come Follow Me, I am still learning new things. And that's exciting, That's and I feel good about it. I feel, as I said, joyous. I feel joyous about it. This makes me happy. And so I am grateful for that, grateful to know that Joseph Smith was worthy enough at the time to receive these messages and to be worthy enough to be able to translate the Book of Mormon how exciting that is for all of us and to know that we have a prophet today who will tell you read the book of mormon it is the most important thing that you can do in your lives
5: i recall a time where i was asked to prepare a talk on the atonement and it hit harder than anything when i read john 15 13. greater love hath no man than this That a man lay down his life for his friends. That right there tells me just how much love the Lord had for us. How much love he has for us. And how much love he will always have for us. And I know he loves us. And I know without the atonement of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we would not return to our Heavenly Father and be happy forever. And I'm grateful for the Book of Mormon. I know it's true. I act and feel like a little boy every time I read it when you get like that feeling when you're about ready to get a new present and you just get so excited. I'm so excited to read the Book of Mormon. I'm so grateful for it and I know it's true. And I'm grateful and I know That the Lord answers our prayers. The ability to communicate with our Heavenly Father is such a blessing, and I'll ever be grateful for that. And I share that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
6: So I wanted to take uh, a few moments here and kind of share some thoughts and uh, a little bit of my testimony. With the year turning to spring and conference uh, this weekend, I always like to kind of reflect and when I truly started to appreciate and understand the importance of the gospel and the opportunity to have to one listen to the prophet and apostle speak and then also every spring I uh, think about the uh, the restoration and the importance that uh, that played in my life personally a little story background history about myself um, I grew up in arkansas uh, Well, I moved there when I was 12 so a lot of the impactful years of my life from 12 to, to 19 happened in, in, in Arkansas, just outside of Little Rock. Uh, growing up, uh, we didn't have, my family didn't have a satellite TV. We just had the local cable. And BYU TV wasn't on the local cable. And conference wasn't on just the, the local channels. So we couldn't just uh, gather on the TV on a Sunday morning, Saturday afternoon, Sunday night, and watch it from home. We actually had to go to uh, our, our chapel. And, you know, from the time we moved to Arkansas uh, for the first four, three, four years, that's what we did. We went to the chapel on Sunday morning, watched the, the morning session, and my ward at the time would have a brunch in between the two sessions. Everybody would bring some food, we'd all hang out, eat some lunch, and then we'd stay and watch the second session. And that's what I did. I hung out there, and I watched the sessions, and ate lunch, and had a great time. I didn't really take much much thought into it. Um, About the time I was uh, going into my junior year, um, I started dating a young lady from the ward, and to be completely honest, she had a much stronger testimony than I did at the time, and something I always admired um, about her. Uh, she uh, at the time challenged me to go to all five sessions with her um, every conference so the fall that fall we went to five sessions and I didn't take much take it much seriously I just enjoyed going and being able to hang out with her and enjoy that so I just kind of hung out and watched the sessions but didn't really um, get much out of them same thing for the next uh, the the spring and then the next the next year well the spring and fall so going into um, that, I guess that spring of my senior year, sort of in spring of 2001, uh, I was about to graduate and I needed to kind of figure out what I was going to do. I was turning 19 the following November. I needed to figure out if a mission was something that was going to be uh, something on my that I wanted to do. So I challenged myself to take uh, the spring conference sessions uh, seriously. So I went to all five sessions. I uh, rearranged my work schedule so I could be at the five sessions and go from there. So as I prepared for these five sessions that I went to, um, I had some thoughts and questions on my mind, as most of us do when we're trying to figure out if uh, this gospel is true or not. So I went into the sessions with some questions and needed some answers. So as I sat through the first session, didn't think much about it, And as I sat through the second session, I can remember really wanting to know, one, if this was the true church, and if Joe Smith was a prophet, and the restoration was true. Just because I had a testimony, I mean, I knew what my parents had had taught me, and what I learned in church, but nothing ever was, like, serious. Um, Side note here, every time I was asked if the church, what we believed um, by my friends from school, or whatever, my simple answer was... We believe the same thing as you. We believe in Jesus Christ. Not that I didn't believe in the gospel or those type of things, but it was strictly to avoid the conversation because I didn't really know enough to be able to have those gospel conversations. And I was just trying to end the conversation and move on. So, um, not that I didn't believe it or didn't know it, I just wasn't um, for sure. So, anyway, back to the Saturday afternoon session. And I sat there and... I had these questions, and I had said some prayers to, to give me the answers, and a the most powerful feeling of of peace, of calm, and just came over me. And everything that I had been taught from the time I was, you know, from the time I can remember, from the, from primary and and in all the Sunday school classes and all the priesthood lessons that I had, they just all flooded to my my memory. And everything just felt right. And it's hard to put into words um, how that is, but that's what I needed. I needed, I didn't need some grand sign and some, you know, heaven's opening type of thing. I just needed to know, without a doubt, that everything that I have been taught and everything that I've read and studied and, and did the seminary thing, everything that I've been going through was true. And it was as simple as a 10-minute, you know, moment in my life that all the answers that I had were, were, all the questions I had were answered. And again, everybody's situation, everybody's experience is different, but I needed that. I needed a very simple, straightforward um, experience. Because going into that summer, I was preparing for either to go to school or go on a mission. And had I not give, received those answers, um, I don't know what I would have done. But having received those answers during that session allowed me to prepare myself even more to to serve a mission. And really appreciate the, the experiences that I could have on my mission. Now, I went on my mission, probably not the most prepared missionary ever. And having only read the Book of Mormon maybe once in my life before that, um, I knew the gospel was true, and I knew Joseph Smith um, saw Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ in the grove of trees in, in the spring of 1820. And that, at the time, was my favorite um, l- uh, lesson to teach, the, f- the, the restoration, the first vision. Um, even today, I still get chills every time I talk about it, and I, I quote it. Because how powerful was that? A young, a young boy had questions just like all of us, wanted to know which direction to go, which church was true. He went to a grove of trees. He prayed to know which church was true and what a answer he got. Joseph Smith saw Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ. Joseph Smith received the answer that no church was, was correct, that he was to restore the true church of Jesus Christ. The gospel was to be restored in these latter days. And I'm so grateful for him to take that scripture in James to heart and to ask the simple question. And my life has uh, been forever blessed with that. I reflect every conference uh, to the time where I realized that, the spring of 2002, and how different my life would be had I not taken those conference sessions seriously at that time. Um, I could go on more about this, but I'll I'll end it with this: that I know this church is true, that I know Joseph Smith saw God the Father in Jesus Christ. And I know the Book of Mormon is true and another testament of Jesus Christ. And that by following the Book of Mormon and studying it and applying its its teachings to us daily and to our family that we can become closer to our our Saviour. So let's take the opportunity this weekend. Let's listen to our Prophet Russell M. Nelson. Let's listen to the other apostles as they share their testimony and their strength with us. And I challenge us all to who come out of this weekend with a renewed sense of hope, with strengthening our faith and and being able to lean on each other in this time of of craziness and and chaoticness and stress, that we'll be able to rely on our Father in Heaven knowing that He loves us and He's going to be there for us.
3: I know that the Book of Mormon is true. I've received numerous witnesses and personal revelation that the Book of Mormon is true and that it is another testament of Jesus Christ. I know that the Book of Mormon invites us to come unto Christ and that it is proof that Joseph Smith was a true prophet and that the Church of Jesus Christ is the true church on the earth today, just as the introduction tells us. I wanna share an experience I had um, of meeting somebody and their experience with the Book of Mormon as well. When I was on my mission in Ghana, we met a woman named Kate and she came to church and the next day we went to teach her. And before we started teaching her, she told us of an experience she had. She told us that a few months prior, to her meeting us and coming to church. She was looking for the true church and she had a dream that she could see this beautiful tree. And she went up to the tree to grab the white fruit that was hanging down. And as she went to grab it, she couldn't reach it and she wanted to, but she just couldn't reach it. And she said, after she came to our church, she came home and she fell asleep and she had another dream. And again, she saw this beautiful tree with the white fruit and she could now touch the fruit and taste the fruit. And she said exactly what Lehi said from his vision of the fruit. She said it was the most delicious fruit I had ever tasted in my entire life. And this was before she had really had a deep study of the Book of Mormon or anything like that. She had never read First Nephi chapter 8. And she was a living testament to the tree of life and the blessings that come from Finding the truth in our life, she um, she then moved to Holland and she had numerous members of her family become members of the church as well. I just thought that that was such a beautiful testimony of the Book of Mormon that she shared with us that the tree of life and the, the love of Christ is real and it's through this Book of Mormon and it's through the church that we find this love and this joy. Um, on my mission I also experienced a woman who had the exact opposite and was on the total opposite side of the spectrum of Lehi's dream where she came to church a couple times but when her neighbors and people found out that she was coming to our church they pointed at her and laughed at her and she quit coming and it was just the pretty much the exact thing that Lehi said in his dream that people came and they partook of the fruit but then they they left it because people were making fun of them and and mocking them for coming to the to coming unto Christ. And so that's um, something I think about all the time with the Book of Mormon is it it wasn't just a dream. The metaphors of of the tree of life are real and we live it every day. And if you want a taste of the fruit that is, that Lehi talks about, then you read the Book of Mormon and you study come follow me and you you read the words of our prophets. And if you want to do the other side of the spectrum, then you listen to the voices of the world and you get dragged away and, and things like that. But the Book of Mormon is true. It brings peace to our lives. It brings us answers to our questions. I've had moments where I've, I've done things that I regret, and the Book of Mormon has chastised me um, through, the, through the words that it has. But on the other hand, I've gone through trials I've gone through tribulations, and the Book of Mormon has comforted me and gave me the peace that I need to be able to move forward.
7: I'd like to share my testimony of the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon and the importance that it has been in my life. The Book of Mormon has given me the perspective I needed to understand that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that Heavenly Father loves all his children, not just an exclusive few, but all of them. The Book of Mormon has given me many answers to my prayers, and it has helped me to feel the Spirit as I read it, as I think about it, and as I ponder and remember experiences or or phases through my life where I know that it is because of the gospel of Jesus Christ that my life has Happiness and has peace and has the ability to change things that have not been great or have been bad or hurtful. Through Jesus Christ and his atonement, I can change my nature. I can have hope for a better future. And I can have faith that, you know, all the wrongs or all the pains that we experience are only temporary and that Jesus Christ will come back to earth and we will meet him again and we will receive further knowledge and further opportunity to improve and change and change our lives I know the Book of Mormon is true because when I read it I feel that the principles and the stories and the examples that are being spoken are true I can feel it when the Spirit talks to me and helps me feel optimistic. It helps me feel um, peaceful and reflective. And it clarifies a lot of things that the, and supports the truths that are also found in the Bible. And uh, I'm very grateful for the Book of Mormon because I never have gotten the opportunity to meet Joseph Smith or to meet many of the previous prophets we've had. But I have the fruit of the restoration, which is the Book of Mormon, and because of that, I know that the Gospel of Jesus Christ has been restored. And I know that there was a need for a restoration, that there was a need to bring the truths and the simple truths of the Gospel back into our lives. And I'm very grateful for the Book of Mormon, and 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 I hope that people will give the book the opportunity it deserves, that if you read it with real intent, and you truly want to know, and you're of the disposition to change your life, that the book will change your life, because it will teach you about Jesus Christ, and it will help you begin to develop a real relationship with Him and that will change your life. And I share these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
8: Um, I would love to bear my testimony about the truthfulness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, I have come to know that Jesus Christ is my Savior and Redeemer and that God loves each one of His children um, so personally and, um, and specifically. Um, as I've read the book of Mormon and and studied the words of the prophets, I, um, I have really come to feel God's love for me, um, and seen his, um, intentional direction in my life. Um, I've also come to learn that he trusts me, um, especially as I grow in the gospel. Um, sometimes I don't get specific answers or very specific instructions as I want, but, but I feel in that, um, that He trusts me and He, um, he has faith in me. And um, as I have faith in Him, then I'm empowered and, um, and enabled to make good choices. Um, and I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I heard about the f- first vision
9: almost 38 years ago. And when I heard about it for the first time, it was a feeling of Um, amazement that that can happen and also a little bit of wonder if, if it was true I was looking for the truth and the church that was giving me those truths had this amazing account of God's visitation with his son to a young farmer boy So it was different, and I needed to know if it was accurate. I remember reading from the Book of Mormon, which is the the book that um, Joseph Smith, the same farmer boy that, saw the Father and the Son, translated by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so by reading this new book, that again, I didn't know if it was the Word of God either. I was filled with the Spirit, and I was pushed to ask, not only if the book I was reading was true but if Joseph Smith, the young man that translated it by the power of the Holy Ghost was truly a prophet and that meant I was also finding out through prayer if my Father in Heaven and my Savior Jesus Christ His Son had come to earth To speak with one of his children, and if it was true that they did this and they um, advised him not to join any of the existing churches. I remember getting on my knees and asking if these things were true and feeling in my heart a warm and strong testimony that it was. It was true. I couldn't doubt it anymore. And just a feeling of um, assurance in my heart um, pushed me forward to keep reading that um, the Word of God in the Book of Mormon, and I got baptized two weeks after that um, wonderful personal revelation. What I learned that I didn't know before I learned about the first vision is that our Father in Heaven knows us and knows us by name I learned that no one is insignificant because he came to a child humble and uneducated child his his farmer prophet I learned that As I suspected all my life, um, my Father in Heaven and my Savior Jesus Christ are two different people. And I learned something, well, that was something that I thought my whole life, they were two different people. Even though in my previous religion I was taught that they were one and the same. I also learned, and this is something that I never imagined, that they do have a body of flesh and bones. I learned that through that first vision. I also um, learned about the fact that there is an enemy to all humanity who is Satan and that he's determined to stop anyone from coming closer to Father in Heaven and our Savior. And he tried when he tried to destroy young Joseph when he was trying to pray. Um, The other thing I learned, especially about that encounter when Satan tried to destroy Joseph, is that Our faith is powerful and can protect us from any harm, even if it is Satan that wants to harm us. And that faith in our Father in Heaven and His Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, it is a a tool that if we put it in action, we can be um, armed against the enemy I learned that even though he the enemy will always be there to delay our growth um, if we continue with strength and hope and believing in our father and our savior Jesus Christ um, we will be fine and We will achieve what we need and we will get closer to him. Um, I don't know how different or strange this might be for other people out there to hear that a young farmer boy um, or farm boy was um, guided by God himself and by his son Jesus Christ himself to restore the true gospel on this earth. I don't know how strange that is anymore because to me is the way it is. I don't doubt it. I am thankful for that testimony. I am thankful for um, all the people around me and the great leaders in our church that testify of him um, as a prophet of God and of that vision as something real and consequential that is essential for anybody that is going to embark in this gospel to believe that that is true because it is the Um, moment, that moment, the moment of the first vision is the moment that shows the um, acknowledgement from our own Father in Heaven that um, He needs to send His Son or bring with Him His Son to this earth to speak with a young farm boy so we can have the opportunity to find and live the true gospel. Because whatever was on this earth until that point, even though there were good pieces of the gospel of Jesus Christ, was not the whole thing, and it wasn't enough to keep us from doing things that were not pleasing unto Him, and to keep us from making mistakes that later on we needed to repent from. Having the truth on this earth right now it, on the earth right now does, still doesn't keep us from making mistakes, but at least we know that we have the fullness of the gospel and we know where to go for repentance and for strength, strength so we can be on the good path again. I am thankful for the sacrifice of Joseph Smith and the example of his life because he never cared about the things of this world and gave everything he had for the kingdom of God and for all of us to have the opportunity to have this beautiful truth. I am thankful for him and his sacrifice and his life and his testimony and his beautiful love for our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I am thankful for my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came back to this earth and talks to this day to his prophets on this earth at this point with our prophet, our prophet, President Nelson, to guide us and to show us how to better our lives in these times of uncertainty. And I'm grateful because it all started 200 years ago with a young, innocent farm boy asking, where was the truth? and where where to find the true church. And a thing that I did 38 years ago when I asked my own question and I had two wonderful missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints knocking at my door and bringing me this powerful and life-changing truth. I love this Gospel. I love the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I love and respect my prophet, Joseph Smith, and I value and appreciate with my heart every word from the Book of Mormon that was um, translated by the power of the Holy Ghost by Joseph Smith. Um, So this is my my feelings, these are my feelings about the first vision and what it means to me to have it in my life every day. And I say these things humbly in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior, amen.
10: With the recent COVID-19 pandemic, I have reflected upon Another time in my life where I have participated in a home-based sacrament meeting. Not because of a viral pandemic, but because of civil war in El Salvador, my country of birth. It was not safe to be out, and for a period of time, Latter-day Saints held sacrament services in their homes. I was about three or four years old at the time, and the memory that I never forget is my father blessing the sacrament in our homes and the family partaking of it. It's a special memory and one that I have reflected throughout my life. To my surprise, we are now creating similar memories for my family because of the recent COVID-19 pandemic. These two home sacrament experiences have reminded me on how simple the gospel of Jesus Christ is. I think that as Latter-day Saints, we sometimes may overdecorate the gospel. But when we look at the core, the foundational principles we see are faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, repentance, baptism by immersion for the remission of sins, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and serving God's children. I am grateful for the 200 years for which the Lord's Church has been restoring and I am looking forward to the continued years of restoration which are ahead of us.
11: I never really had a great aha moment or one singular event or spiritual experience that gave me a testimony of Jesus Christ and the restoration of his church. My faith has grown and developed gradually as I have studied and sought after him throughout my life. My faith has also been challenged many times and it has become stronger as I as as I have worked through my doubts. And I've tried to follow Alma's teachings in Alma chapter thirty two, where he suggests that we do an experiment upon his words. And as I've tried to do that throughout my life, I have seen the positive results that come through living um, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I do believe that the Church of Jesus Christ was restored to the earth again, and that it was restored through the prophet Joseph Smith. It's amazing to me that at the age of 14, he had such faith and such a strong desire to find the truth. I can remember when I was 14 years old and while I occasionally thought about the gospel I definitely was not too concerned about spiritual things. I also can't imagine myself as a young adult doing everything that he did, translating the golden plates, organizing a church and having visions and receiving revelations. I was more interested in things like Taco Tuesday when I was in my early twenties. He started as a simple farm boy with hardly a third grade education and God made him into a prophet. And I I know that through him, Christ restored his original church with priesthood keys, with prophets and apostles, and with additional scriptures, the Book of Mormon, which with the Bible confirms that Jesus truly is the Christ. I know the Book of Mormon is true, and that there's no way that a young farm boy could have written what is in it. Joseph Smith translated it from the gold plates by the gift and power of God. And I am so grateful that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ appeared to him in that grove of trees 200 years ago and called him as as a prophet to be like Moses and Abraham to lead us back to them again.
2: My name is Douglas Jensen, um, and it's my opportunity and privilege to just take a couple of minutes and um, share uh, a thought or two and some of my feelings about the uh, restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the prophet Joseph Smith, and particularly about um, his first vision that uh, happened Two hundred years ago, probably almost to the day, since it was in early spring of eighteen twenty. I'm always impressed as I uh, read the account in in the scriptures of the first vision about uh, kind of the the ordinariness, I guess, is if that's a word, of the Smith family. you know, several children. Joseph mentions his brothers, his sisters, his mother and father. Um, we know that they, uh, had to move, um, to the farm in upstate New York from Vermont. Um, and that there was opportunity there and that that was the frontier <clears throat> of uh, the United States of America at that time. And, um, that it was a it was a rough life, a hardworking, uh, difficult life to uh, you know uh, build a life there and and uh, farm and uh, try to uh, squeeze out a living however you could and and uh, and that's that was the case of of this family. And, uh, I mean, even their name is ordinary, right? Uh, they were the Smiths and, um, they seem to be good, uh, God-fearing people. And I know that that they, they do come from a, a background where, um, a religion belief in God, uh, was a part of their family for generations and it was an important thing to them, um, and that obviously they were uh, faithful in that sense, uh, but just in the same uh, condition as as most people in their area where they lived, as far as um, the uh, attention that different churches were trying to attract and. And uh, different ministers and preachers and different approaches to the same scriptures, and and I I, th- I just think of the simplicity and the uh, and the innocence and the naivete of a fourteen year old boy. Um, any fourteen year old boy in any time period, really, uh, you wouldn't look at a fourteen year old boy and say, you know, this this kid, he's He's going places. He's going to be, you know, maybe a good kid. That's all you can say about him. Yeah, he's a hard worker. Seems like a nice young man. I don't think anybody was uh, thinking of Joseph as anything other than a, an ordinary young man at that time. But there was a lot going on inside that head and inside that heart. And when I read in his account that he um, was reading the book of James and read that verse of scripture that told him very plainly, and it says it in fairly plain language, you know, if you, have, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. A 14-year-old understands that. Um, and, and he had a great spiritual experience when he read that. The other thing that always comes to mind, is I know that he was reading in the book of James, is that that's, he didn't just pick up the Bible that day and start reading he put in some work and i think he was searching for answers in in more than one way he wasn't just attending the various meetings and he but it was a obviously a topic of conversation at home and and uh and the bible was read in the home they might have read it as a family and he definitely read it on his own but he didn't start by opening up to the book of james I can't imagine that he had done that. I imagine that he had spent that whole previous winter and maybe even before that, you know, reading the Gospels, reading the other, um, the writings of Paul, maybe some of that, and uh, um, looking for some kind of answers to help him, to help him understand what to do. And to make that determination as a young man is inspiring to me. To be able to go out and give it a shot, okay, I'm, I'm just a kid. I'm gonna go out in the woods and I'm gonna kneel and I'm gonna talk to God, like I'm talking to another person. To be able to do that, demonstrate that kind of faith, I think is rewarded always for anyone, who at any age, who tries that. Uh, but this is one of the great things about Joseph is that, he was willing to try it. He didn't anticipate. What happened? Um, he was just trying to know what to do. Great example for all of us. Um, but as he was there, you know, he learned a lot about himself, I think, that day when uh, God the Father and the Savior Jesus Christ appeared to him and spoke to him. And the first word that came out of God the Father's mouth as he spoke to him was his name, Joseph. You know, Joseph says he called me by name. Uh, God knows each one of us. We learned so much from the first vision, really. But to know that God knows each one of us. He loves us that much. He's so aware of us that an obscure, also Joseph's word, 14-year-old boy could go out and speak. And because God had a mission for him and had put him in the right place at the right time to fulfill that mission... God answered his prayer in a wonderful and miraculous and almost unspeakable way. I'm so thankful that he um, wrote it down or told somebody or kept more than one account of what had happened um, because now we have that as a great lesson for us. Uh, I would testify because I have... um, sought out truth myself and I know what it's like to seek for truth and I know what it's like to receive answers to that um search for truth on many different levels and in many different situations never had a first vision type experience but I'm I've been uh, led to understand and helped to understand that Joseph did have that experience that God the Father and Jesus Christ spoke to him. Not only did they answer his questions, but they gave him a, uh, a mission to fulfill. And uh, he fulfilled it in every way. There was so, so much more to come. It was the coming forth of the Book of Mormon and the restoration of the priesthood and the restoration of all the uh, blessings of all the dispensations and the... And the 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 beginning of the restoration of all things, which is still ongoing to this day. And I, late, just lately, you know, as the uh, prophets and apostles have said that more frequently, I feel the real connection to those early days of Joseph. I know those things were true. I have experienced that search for truth myself, and. Um, I leave this testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
12: When I think of the first vision, I think of the time I spent in the MTC. We spent the very first day before we even learned anything else memorizing Joseph Smith's account of the vision. I also think of the first time I recited it to someone in the field that we who we were teaching. The spirit that was felt in that discussion was unlike any anything I've ever felt before or since. It is so powerful to me that a young boy was chosen to bring to pass such an important work. Heavenly Father could have chosen someone older with more experience um, or someone more educated, but he chose the humble farm boy. That is extremely powerful to me. I I am forever grateful for and will be forever grateful to Joseph Smith for everything he endured and everything um, he went to, he went through to bring us uh, the Book of Mormon and the restored Gospel of Jesus Christ. If he hadn't done so, my ancestors in in Denmark would not have joined the Church. My mom would not have joined the Church, and there's no way I would be where I am today. Everything I have, um, gospel-wise, is because he um, had a question and he wanted an answer to that question. I think that is so powerful also because I have questions too. (laughs) And I know that if I just kneel and ask for answers, I can get them. That's, that's something that is, um, kind of unique to our church that if we have a question, if we have a doubt, we can ask. And it's not frowned upon. It's not judged. Um, and we can find out for ourselves the truth
13: hi, um, this is Ellie. Um so I've been thinking a lot this week about what I wanted to share with you guys, and um, I wrote down this whole long thing, and it's way too long to record and way longer than anybody wants to listen to, so I'm just gonna share a little bit of kind of what I was thinking about um and I think that. My testimony sort of boils down to three uh, specific things. So, the first thing is that I have a testimony of joy. Um, I finished a book this week that has a whole section about how, about um, joy, and about how God wants us to have joy and how God is joyful. And they talk in the book about how God's joy is so abundant that it overflows. Into the creation and into the world that He created for us, um, like there's so much about the world and about us as human beings that's just like just unnecessarily beautiful, and um, I think that that's a manifestation of of the joy of our heavenly parents and of our Savior, and I really love that about about them and about our world, and so, um, yeah, I have I have that testimony that. Our Heavenly Parents, our Heavenly Mother and Heavenly Father, and our Savior are joyful. And part of us being here on Earth is that they want us to be able to have that same joy. And in order to become like them, um, part of becoming like them is learning to have the same that same joy. Um, so the second thing that's the basis of my testimony is that I have a testimony of empathy. Um... I firmly believe that all of God's commandments are ultimately about teaching us to love and understand one another as his children, and to connect with each other in deep and eternal ways. And, uh, our Savior's atonement was the ultimate act of empathy. It's, um... It's the Son of God ultimately knowing and understanding absolutely what it is like to be one of us, to be human, to be mortal. He knows every pain and sorrow and sin. He knows us. And when he asks us to try to be like him and to follow him, what he's asking us to do is to have that empathy that he has for us. He wants us to have that for one another. Um... And if we can have empathy for other people and learn to love them as we love ourselves, um, that's how we build the kingdom of God, and that's how we become more Christ-like. And then the third part of my testimony um, is that I have a testimony of love. I know that our Heavenly Heavenly Mother and our Heavenly Father and our Savior Jesus Christ love us. They know us individually and perfectly. And they love us more than we could possibly comprehend. Um, and my prayer is to be able to share even a tiny fraction of that love with the people around me. And to take what what my heavenly parents have given me and to give it back to others. And, uh, when I'm paying attention, um, I feel the love of my Savior and my Heavenly Mother and Heavenly Father for me. And... It's, it's indescribable, it's overwhelming, and it's real. I know that they are there, and I know that they love me, and I know they love every one of us. Um, and that's my testimony, and I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: I want to thank everyone for their participation in this episode and for taking the time to record their thoughts and feelings. During this complicated and busy time, I'm continually reminded of how blessed I am to be surrounded by so many solid, faithful people who are willing to share their testimonies in such a humble yet powerful way. There are no celebrities here, no social media influencers, and yet the influence of their words is real. The experience they've shared are real. I know that the gospel is true. I know that my Savior sacrificed to me so I could re- achieve my full potential. Every time I fail, I know I can try again because of him. Sometimes we doubt that he's aware of us, that he has time for us, or that he's capable of changing us. I remember when I realized I had a testimony. As a young 12-year-old, I was living in the state of Georgia where I was one of only a handful of members of the church in my school. During history class one day, the teacher began teaching the subject of westward expansion in the United States. In the text, it mentioned the Mormon pioneers, but instead of teaching about who they were and why they moved west, my teacher announced to the class we would be sim- simply jumping over that section because it was about a group of crazy people following a false prophet into the middle of nowhere. She said a few other demeaning things about Joseph Smith and the early church members before proceeding. In that moment, I got a nudge from the Spirit. I knew I could not just sit there silently. I was a recently ordained deacon with little experience sharing my testimony outside of church. And on top of that, I was an adolescent just trying to fit in. I didn't really want to interrupt, but I did. I raised my hand. The teacher asked me if I had a question. I said, those people were not crazy. They were just trying to worship God without being persecuted. She kind of smirked at me and said, what, are you a Mormon? Yes. Then why don't you tell us about them? I told them whatever my young brain could remember about the early church and the challenges they faced that caused them to move to the Salt Lake Valley. I told them that some of those people were my ancestors and that I believed the same things they did. When I finished my brief explanation and testimony, my teacher simply said, well, there you go. I know I didn't convert her, and maybe not anyone else in the classroom either, but I realized for the first time that I had been converted. I bore testimony on my own, that the Spirit had nudged me, a little boy in rural Georgia, scared that he might seem weird or be left out after that, to testify of the true and everlasting gospel. And so it is with all of us. In retrospect, how can this be surprising? How can we believe that Jesus can calm the tempest on the sea, but somehow not the tempest in our hearts? How can we believe that he can lead the children of Israel through the desert to the promised land, but not help us find the path of our own lives how can we read that a sparrow does not fall without the father but we are not sure if he listens to our simplest humblest prayers the adversary will do anything he can to prevent you from seeing your worth he forfeited the chance to the exaltation that we can all obtain through the atonement and wants us to do the same we have to reject all notion of worthlessness When we learn of our Savior and the Atonement and exercise the blessings of repentance in our lives, we develop a love and understanding of the purposes of God. We begin to act out of gratitude and love, rather than just obedience and duty. Our weaknesses become diminished, and the Lord is able to work through us. In the path to become like our Heavenly Father, we must remember that the Lord was not in the wind, the Lord was not in the earthquake, the Lord was not in the fire, but rather, the still small voice. Whether or not we ever have an angelic visitation or witness a miracle, we must acknowledge our potential. It's time to become. It's time to become valiant in our testimonies, and heed Lehi's pleading to Laman and Lemuel, Awake, my sons, put on the armor of righteousness, shake off the chains with which ye are bound, and come forth out of obscurity, and arise from the dust. During this celebration of young Joseph's first vision, I want to bear my testimony that he saw the father and the son and that they set forth the restoration of the gospel in this the fulness of times that his hands are still at the helm of his church through the prophets and apostles that we hear every conference and that each one of us not only has the potential to know but also the duty to share what we know with others we share these words in the name of jesus christ
4: amen the book of mormon is truly the keystone of our religion and that a man and woman will get nearer to god by abiding by its precepts than by any other book
2: and if you then go and do what he would
1: have you do your power to trust him will grow and in time you will be overwhelmed with gratitude to find that he has come to trust you There is no end to the good we can do, to the influence we can have with others. Let us not dwell on the critical or the negative. Let us pray for strength. Let us pray for capacity and desire to assist others. Let us radiate the light of the gospel
2: at all times and in all places, that the Spirit of the Redeemer may radiate from us. My dear brothers and
4: sisters, Jesus Christ invites us to take the covenant
7: path back home to our heavenly parents and be with
2: those we love. He invites us to come follow me.